0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein.
1: And welcome again to another segment of the Shepherd at Work. Mark Goldstein in the studio with Mike Gillen, and our guest today is the famous Jack Allen Levine. Hi, Jack.
2: Hey, Mark. Well, famous certainly to my dog. After that, I'm not quite sure.
1: Well, you're you're famous to me. You're you're probably one of the most famous people I know. Uh, Mike, Jack is one of those guys who, when he does an event, he doesn't get tens or hundreds. It's thousands. Thousands that show up. And yeah, he's a former uh, Madison Avenue, high power advertising executive, uh, radio producer, radio production, uh, big broadcast conglomerates, uh, and uh, he ran into a rough patch, but in there he found the Lord. And uh, my goodness, Jack, you are an amazing motivational speaker, Uh, dear friends with uh, Peter Lowe. Who a lot of people know. He's a motivational speaker, a prolific author. We're going to be actually offering some free eBooks yes. before the end of this segment and the end of the second. So Mike, what I did is in talking to Jack, I, I said, Jack, you know, you speak before thousands and thousands of people. We have two segments. What's on your heart to mm. talk about knowing mm. that we, this is the shepherd of work. Uh what Jack is going to talk about, the, the importance in the first segment uh, of your relationship with the Lord, and especially in the days we live in now. Mm. We're going to come back in the second segment, and he's going to talk about how that relationship translates in your vocation in the marketplace. Got it. So with that Jack, welcome, welcome, Excellent. welcome. Well, thank I you. I love seeing you, my Vice
2: friend. <laughs> versa, it's great to be with both of you. Um, and, I'm, and I'm happy to share, Mark. It's a privilege and a pleasure. Um, just to, by way of background, I grew up in New York with uh, very loving parents, very middle-class parents. My parents spoiled us rotten, but uh, we knew we were middle-class, and, and it was a good thing. Um, I always knew there was a God. I never knew it was Jesus. We were brought up Jewish. I was born Jewish. I didn't want to go to Hebrew school. My parents didn't force me. So I never went, even though my brother had gotten by Mitzvah, And uh, I went along about 16 years old. I started smoking pot. Um, you know, I had a good childhood. I was a Yankee fan playing baseball, but started getting to pot and just a little bit more recreationally. Then when I went to college at 17, I graduated high school early, started doing more pot and then started doing Quaaludes and Percocet, which eventually led me to cocaine and down a trail I'm not too happy about, um, not too proud of, but it was what it was. So for many years, um, I was a very high uh, achieving I graduated Syracuse to Newhouse School with two degrees, a dual major in advertising and sociology. Went to work on Madison Avenue. I wanted to play baseball for the Yankees, but being in New York, you only play three months a year, so I couldn't compete with the Arizona kids. But advertising was the next best thing. There was teams, there was competition, no two days were the same. It was extremely exciting. So I was you know, pretty good working at advertising at NWA, rising up the corporate ladder, but my drug use was definitely getting the best of me. And I knew it, I knew I knew I was addicted. It, you know, the first year is fun after that, it stinks. It's like a kidnapper who opened up the candy and now they got in. And, and I truly believe I knew what an animal must feel like when he's caught in a rat trap, when his leg is finally caught. Cause there was, was a day I w- realized that I couldn't come back over the line. I was always I able to party and come back. And then there was one day I said, you know what? I'm too far gone. So I moved to New York. Uh, I moved to, to Florida to try and get away from my drug problems. I remember saying to my dad, who was an old school guy, um, just worked, you know, all his life, so me and my brother could have a better life. A great guy, and I said, Dad, I got this drug problem. I'm going to New York, and he goes, uh, Whatever you do, don't tell your mother. <laughs> you know, tell her you're moving, but don't tell her why, because he just wanted yeah. to protect her. So I moved down to Florida. The drugs followed me. Um, still very high. Uh, Succeeding succeeded on Madison Avenue opened up a TV production company in Florida and uh, this girl came down to live with me this is before I was uh, saved this was a different lifestyle for me She came down we lived together about a a year she left and it was a Tuesday morning and I got into my car and drove around and I went to a church parking lot and I said to the secretary can I use your sanctuary to pray Um, I used to walk from Grand Central Station, 16 blocks, to my office on Madison Avenue, and I used to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral to get out of the cold. And I just liked the way it felt. I just liked that it was quiet. Nobody bothered me. I could pray. I was looking for that feeling. So she says, would you like to talk to the pastor? I said, no, no, no. I just want to pray. She said, okay. So I go into the sanctuary. I'm crying my eyes out to God for about an hour and a half. I come out. I go, you know what? I would like to talk to the pastor. He hands me a Bible. He says, you never have to come to church again to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, it would be a good thing if you do, you're going a lot more quicker, but it's not a requirement. The only requirement is you believe in Jesus. And he gave me the Bible and said, you know, told me the plan of salvation, uh, suggested I read the book of John. I read, I had questions. I'd only meet him in a public place. I didn't know if it was a cult or what. I'd never been in church in my life. Uh, prior to that point, nobody ever handed me a Bible. So I'm reading and I have questions. And I meet him for lunch and I'd say, says this there and that there? How come? And I'm hammering the snot out of the guy, really. And, and in love, he's answering me and taking me through and after a couple of meetings, I ran out of questions. March 10th, 1991, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And my life has gotten better every single day since then. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. And, and I'm certainly proud to be Jewish. I'm as Jewish as I am white. My father said, so you're not Jewish anymore? I said, no, Dad, you can't take that from me. But certainly, I only use one word to describe myself, and that is Christian. Mm-hmm. That is Christian. You know, that, that's, all I, that's all that I know. And for me, since I had no experience, I had no... Bible. I had never been to church. So I figured I'm a reasonably intelligent guy. If this thing was a scam, it would have taken me six months or a year to figure it out. But I I would have figured it out. Hey, this is just a scam. They hooked me in. No, God is real. He's alive. When God promises the Holy Spirit is going to come into your heart uh, and teach you all things, it's true. I have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God. I I don't hear him audibly like, like we're talking, But he speaks very loudly and God is alive in his word as he promises. And when he says in Jeremiah, call on me and I'll show you great and mighty things you didn't know. It's true. It's 30 years later and it's getting better and better. It's just Mm -hmm. better and better. It's more alive than ever. Um, People say to me, Jack, you're the happiest guy I know. And I say, well, yeah, you know, 33 years I lived one way. I had everything by the world standards. I had money, power, sex, drugs, anything you want that I had. And I was empty. My head would hit the pillow and I would say, my life stinks. There has to be more than this. And then I met God. I know why I'm alive. I know where I'm going when my time on earth is done. And I say to people, yeah, I I am happy, but why aren't you happy? I don't have anything that you don't have. You have access to the same thing I have. You should be just as happy. So I've seen God work amazingly in my life since that day um, in some very specific ways. Uh, If you care to hear about him, I'll share a couple more with you. (laughs) Sure. All right. You're a gamer. You're in for the long haul. It's your nickel. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. So I had been married early on in my salvation, very early on, to a sweet girl. And um, we got divorced after a year. And I went to the pastor for counseling, and he said, you can divorce her. She's walking away from the faith. However, it didn't matter what he said. I was divorcing her anyway. It was very convenient for me publicly that the pastor said that, but I could have cared less. I was divorcing her. And the problem was— As God showed me six months after we got divorced, he woke me up in the middle of the night and the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly, not audibly, but very clearly in the spirit. And he said, the divorce was your fault. I said, what do you mean? He said, what part of you should love your wife as I love the church was unclear to you? He said, what part of the two of you should be joined together as one flesh was unclear to you? I said, God, I'm sorry. I I never loved my first wife like that. I loved her. She was a very sweet girl, but I loved me (laughs) and then her. And and I repented. I said, God, I, I am sorry. I said, if you want me single, I will stay single the rest of my life. It's my desire to have a family, but, you know, whatever you want. I waited six years. And guys, I mean waited in every sense of the word. And God brought Beth into my life. She was an employee. We met at work. It was love at first sight. We've been married 22 years and have, you know, three wonderful kids. And, you know, God bless me. Again, it wasn't God's desire I did not do right the first time. But, you know, God blessed it. So that, that was an amazing blessing. Um, I've seen some other amazing blessings of God. One is um, when we moved to Orlando seven years ago. And we had a very successful TV production business, in television production mm-hmm. and broadcast. And um, 9-11 hit, hit, the planes hit the tower, and the business needed more money going back in. And I had felt God calling me into ministry. I was 40 years old. I felt God calling me into ministry. So I said to God, God, look, bring the business back and let me retire on top. I'll go out like Muhammad Ali. I'll be champion of the world. That would be great. I said, or bankrupt us because then I'll know, you know, that you want me to follow you. So this goes on for about three or four months and we're, you know, slowly putting money money back in and God wakes me up in the middle of the night again, the Holy Spirit, not audibly again, but in my spirit. And he says to me, nothing is going to change until you decide. I'm not making this choice for you. Will you follow me or not? I said, God, I'm in. I cut a deal with my partner the next day. He knew I wanted to go into ministry to leave the company. And if it succeeded, you know, pay me. If it didn't, don't. And and I just followed God into ministry. Amazingly enough, and talk about God at work, God started to give me business opportunities in real estate, in solar, in other things I had never imagined. I believe so that I could do ministry and, and not need to get paid doing ministry because it was it was my intent to do full-time ministry. So I got to preach the greatest thing ever. God opened up doors for my pastor to let me preach at so many different churches around the country. I'm so blessed to do that. I started to write books um, in 2010, another tremendous blessing I got. And I just saw God at work in so many places. So I, I one night, this is not long ago, a couple of years ago, I'm praying to God. And uh, we had moved up to Orlando to start a church seven years ago. God called us up to Orlando um, leave everything, start a church. And God again spoke to me and he said, Do not dare play prevent defense and try and hold on to what you have. You need to come follow me. I want to tell you the best thing we ever did was following God in Orlando. We have been blessed spiritually beyond what I could ever imagine. I could not imagine my life not having moved to Orlando. So very quickly, I, I say to God, I'm praying to God for two things. And uh, God wakes me up again in the middle of the night and he goes, Those aren't your problem. And I'm going, no, God, those are exactly the problem. If you just fix those two things, everything would be great. And he said, no. He said, you're asking me for certainty and security. He said, your problem is a lack of gratitude for what you have. Mm. And I I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry. You know, I I will never question again how you deliver manna and the timetable you deliver it. One day is enough for me. Thank you, Lord. You are my treasure and everything.
1: And the gifts he gave to you, you're turning around and giving back to the community when we come back from the break we're going to talk about a tremendous offer that you're giving to our listeners free and we're going to talk about applying what you've learned in the marketplace you're listening to the shepherd at work we'll be back in a minute
3: if you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407 258 Hey, this is Mike Gilland, operations manager at the Shepherd Radio Network, with a special invitation for you to join me daily, Monday through Friday, for my show, Afternoons with Mike. Our show is aired at 3.05 p.m. and replayed twice, first the same night at 9.05 p.m., then the next morning at 10.05 a.m. It's my privilege to have a wide variety of guests on my show, ranging from senators to pastors, celebrities to singers and businessmen and women. The common thread to each episode is our goal to look at life through the lens of a biblical worldview. You can listen on air to any of the three Shepherd stations in Florida. Plus, you can listen online at our homepage, theshepherdradio.com. Listen on demand to our podcast, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. All you have to do is use the search phrase, Afternoons with Mike. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ Led Communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ Led Communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899.
0: Once again, here's Mark Goldstein.
1: And we're back, uh, The Shepherd at Work. Today's guest is Jack Allen Levine. And as we mentioned before the break, uh, Jack, you have an amazing offer for our, our listeners. You are a prolific writer. And uh, you have some books that you're just offering folks, ebooks that you're offering free. All they do is go in and download, and, and it's there. Um, first, let me give the website. You go to Jack Allen, which is A-L-A-N, Levine L E V I N E dot com Jack com slash eBooks. Not pl- it's plural books. And these are some these are the titles that are available. Jack, you might want to, as we're talking about applying, you may want to uh reference back. Sure. But you talked about your addiction. So you're offering uh addiction and recovery handbook and the book. My Addict, Your Addict, I love that book, and especially as you talked about your son. Mm. Oh. Uh, don't Blow It With God, Where the Rubber Meets the Road With God, Live a Life That Matters for God, Downloading God, Blinders No More, A Godly Perspective, Time Gone, Success Blast, I love that book, and The Motivated Life. When do you have time to do anything else, my friend? Yeah. But all of these books are available as eBooks. if folks for go free. in for free.
2: Yeah, Mark, we wanted to bless people. God put it on my heart that it's about impacting people. It was never about money for me. We want to make an impact and we want people to have them in, in, in three areas. In addiction, you know, we think there's truth there and in, in the gospel and a closer walk with God and, and in business. And all I can do is share the little that I've learned about all those topics with everybody um, and hopefully in a bottom line way that will cut cut to it and give them truth and, uh, change their perspective. So they'll want to change in life to either grow closer to God, to give up the battle of drugs and addiction. Cause there is a way out for anyone who wants one and whatever little I've learned about business, I'm happy to share.
1: Well, and it's, what's interesting is a lot of people who went, who had pasts like you have, their futures were of loneliness, despair, uh, bankruptcy, loneliness. You know, it, it's all the negative things you could think of, but God brought you out of that.
2: What God hit me so hard. I was 36 years old. I had been saved three years. Uh, I finally gave my drug addiction over to God. He was always willing to take it from me, but I finally gave it to him. And he's used that in years since to help me help other people who are struggling. I believe it's from Second Corinthians where God said, the comfort you've received from God is the comfort you're to give others. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't God's choice that I become a drug addict. I did that on my own. But when I repented in turn, God blessed it and used it. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, just very grateful to have the opportunity to to share with people and help them any any way that I can. And I believe, you know, in the marketplace we have the opportunity to become marketplace ministers. I think that's such an important thing. God is at work in the marketplace. God is at work everywhere. What really bothers me is when I hear Christians say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Yeah. You know, if God would only come down and, and show me the mission for me. Yeah. And I said, well, God's told you exactly what he wants you to do. John 15:16, bear fruit and fruit that will last. Ephesians 2.10, do the good works which I prepared in advance for you to do. And 2 Peter 1, declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into light. That's your mission. It's the parable of the talents. Just do the best you can wherever you are. So if people don't see a difference in you and I as Christians in the marketplace and in our homes, I hope and pray first and foremost, then why would they ever want what we have? If we're mm-hmm. as miserable at them and if we can't take the pressure and if the, the waves of life and the tsunami of life is crashing in and crushing us... Then, then why would they possibly be attracted to us? But if they see instead what they should, the peace and joy of the Lord. God hit me at 36 years old with Matthew 6.33. It was seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things would come. And and God wasn't necessarily talking about money and success and fame. I actually think he let me have some of those things as a joke once he, realized, once he really realized that they weren't important to me anymore, that he was my true treasure in the kingdom. So our job in the marketplace is, is to be like Jesus, is to show that. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry.
1: No, you're just to uh, piggyback on what, what you're saying. We're called to be salt and light. And the truth is there is so much darkness in the world. If we're not lighting, then what are we doing? I mean, it's, it's obvious if you're not lit, That's right. you're in darkness
2: too. Yeah, and people can see it. And I think if you're in the marketplace, I think you have a responsibility to be absolutely the best. You can be excellent as a professional, as a worker, as a person outside of your relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, as a boss, so we had a TV production company with 200 employees, as a guy who managed a lot of companies and hired companies. I want the guy who's going to do what it takes to get the job done. Not the guy who's going to complain. So imagine if you're you're working with five people, and you know one of them is working their butt off all the time. The others are joking and stealing pencils and talking about sports and bad mouthing the boss. Now you're running your own company. Who are you going to hire? Not the guy who was your buddy who were out smoking. It's the guy yeah. who did the work because now it's your butt and your bottom line on. And I think as Christians, you know, we should be excellent because we are working for God. That is our ultimate boss. And we and people should see a difference in the quality of our work, in our attitude, and of course, the peace and joy coming through us. So what you're saying is every person a minister. Absolutely. And, and wherever you are, and whatever job, you don't need a pulpit. I tell people, you know, yes, God's given me the gift of communication. Clearly, I can write, I can speak. That's a gift. I pray I'm using it for God. But you don't need a pulpit to be a minister. You know, you, you don't need, it's, it's wherever you are. It's just being faithful to God. You could be a shine guy in Minnesota. Never leave that shine store. Same people came in for 40 years and you reflected the glory of Jesus Christ. I believe your reward in heaven will be the same as Billy Graham's who impacted millions of people. Why? Because you were faithful where God placed you. Right. Faithful where God placed was you. Comes back to the talents. God put me, uh, he gave me an opportunity in the solar industry many years ago. And God spoke to me, again, not audibly, but he said, uh, this may not necessarily be about money, but this is what I want you to do. I said, okay, God. I I went down that road for seven years. It was amazing, the people that we met, the things that happened, the relationships, God at work. We we did make some money, not we'd hoped to make, but we did make some money. But you know what? We trusted God wherever we were, we trusted God. And I give people a challenge, Mark, if I get the opportunity in the workplace, and I really want to share this with your listeners, um, people who don't know Jesus or who may be questioning. I say, look, you can prove if God's real. You don't have to believe me or a preacher or anybody. You can prove it yourself because God says in Matthew, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. So if you go to seek God and he doesn't show up, you can prove he's a liar. So I have a simple challenge for anybody. I say spend 30 days seeking God. As a matter of fact, take the weekends off, take Friday off four days a week, 15 minutes a day, read the book of John. But before you start reading, just say this, Jesus, if you're real, will you reveal yourself to me? And for 15 minutes a day, read through the book of John with Jesus. If you're real, reveal yourself to me. Come back to me in four weeks. Say you want to, I went to seek your God and he didn't show up. I've yet to meet the man who can say that. Unfortunately, I've met many who won't go look. Yeah.
1: That that is that is sad. Mike, you've seen that too. I mean, you were a pastor for thirty six years.
3: Absolutely. And I think that what you know, what you're talking about is some just good old down home common sense is what my dad called it. Right. But we try to make it much more difficult than it really is when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. We we uh if we don't know the Lord and we suddenly meet the Lord like what happened in your life, right. and he is real and he is gonna be the rewarder of them who diligently seek him Amen.
2: as what you did. He's not going to leave you hanging. That's right. God says he'll never leave us or forsake us, and he's with us always. And, go ahead, Mark.
1: I was going to something you said just kind of reminded me that uh, in, in business demographic, Christians tend to be self-employed. Uh, across the board, more Christians want to have their own business because they don't want to have to uh, kowtow to something that maybe they don't believe in. So this, this is the challenge. If you're a Christian business owner and you have employees, remember this. Your employees, when they were growing up, didn't have to listen to their parents. They didn't have to listen to their teachers or the pastor. Mm-hmm. But you know what, if they wanna keep the job, they gotta to listen to you. It's- so Christian business owners have an amazing mm-hmm. platform.
2: Amazing platform, amazing opportunity. And I think that first and foremost, look, everybody's wired differently. And, you know, I'm not the guy who's gonna ram Jesus down your throat. And right. and I respect those guys who do. But in the course <laughs> of business, you know, we have to do our business. So that gives us the opportunity to form relationships. If I'm a pest control item in your house, if I'm servicing your car, if I'm talking about life insurance, I have the ability to develop a relationship with you. And then hopefully you'll see something in me that you want, peace, joy, and happiness. You know, certainty of of salvation—the greatest every day is amazing. I mean, God instructs us: be joyful always. And he says, "Already you're rich; you have the kingdom." And yeah, exactly. So they should see that in us, and, and then we get the opportunity—we earn the opportunity—to witness. And it's just a wonderful thing we witness by our actions, by our words. And, 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 you know, the marketplace is an unbelievable chance for ministry. But again, I want to remind people that, you know, people don't owe us business because we're Christians. They don't owe us anything. We need to earn everything.
1: And Jack, you've earned the right to have more time on the show. Unfortunately, we're up against the clock, but I want to uh, remind our listeners that you uh, were interviewed by Mike Gillen and uh, a longer version so, folks, go to the website, theshepherdradio.com. I'll go to Afternoons with Mike, and you'll be able to click the link to hear the podcast that uh, Mike did with, with Jack. I want to give your website out one more time. It's Jack Allen, A L A N, Levine, L E V I N E, dot com slash ebooks. And there are several books, magnificent books that you're giving free of charge.
2: Yeah, we want them to have those mark. If you go to the website, jackallenleving.com, there's a bookstore, but make sure you go to eBooks because that's where they're free. If you go right. to the bookstore for printed, you'll pay. We don't want that. You have the eBooks for free.
1: Jack, thank you so much for coming in, being a guest and My we'll, we'll do it again.
2: Look forward to it.
1: For Jack Allen Levine, Mike Gillen, this is Mark Goldstein. We'll see you next week on the Shepherd Award
0: been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week as Mark will introduce you to another marketplace leader who will show you how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. The Shepherd at Work, sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.